Hey, what's up, y'all? Today's convo is with an old friend of mine. We both run cross-country for our high school, and while I've managed to remain moderately active in the endurance sports world, she's taken running to a whole other level that I just haven't been able to. Her name is Maya Ramsey. Just follow her on Instagram to get an idea of all the trail running and races that she participates in. I'll just say this. If you're an endurance athlete, into yoga, or maybe a beginner in both of these things, or you just want to get on a better track to being healthy, I really think you should listen to this off the Kadena combo that I had with Maya. So let's do this. Maya, thank you so much for for uh, talking with us. Absolutely. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, cool. So just to give a little bit of background in Maya, I want you to actually tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself. But so Maya and I, like I said, kind of go way back. We actually ran cross country together back in high school. And Maya was always on the top, kind of the top levels of runners, um, I know I remember a lot of times, Maya, like, you you were pushing me a lot of the times because I was kind of new to the sport, and you, you, I mean, you just personally pushed me, like, kind of your, I think you had a runner's, you know, you're, it's, it's kind of in your family, like, you and your family were runners, so you, you inspired me, you pushed me, um, I know we were good friends back then, we went our separate ways, I went off to Texas, you went off to California, and like I said, I've been following your journey, and you, you post some of the most inspirational and just kind of mindfulness posts that I see on social media. So um, I thought, again, I thought of you and I would be great to, um, you know, maybe hear a little bit about you. So if you wouldn't mind though, because I know there's a lot more to you. I know that you do a lot more than just our yoga sessions when I go back home for the holidays and this and that. So just give a little bit of background on yourself and and kind of what, what you do, um, what you're doing for basically the, um, you know, and where you're staying at, which you seem to be all over the place, right? Yeah, yeah. So I um, definitely have been, you know, I've been a runner since mid-school. Um, I absolutely love it. So on a personal level, running is like my happy place. It is the thing that pushes me the most and challenges me like nothing else does. Um, and it's also where I find like the most like Zen and meditation, um, and peace for myself. So that's been really amazing. You know, I ran in high school and then I did a marathon. I ran my first marathon when I was 17. So I was still, you know, I was before my senior year of high school. Um, I didn't know that actually. Yeah. yeah so wow, you ran a marathon that early. <laughs> yeah. So it was my, it was actually my mom's first marathon. So she was like 42 and I was 17. And so she had always been a runner, but same thing, hadn't really run a marathon. So we trained for that and that was my first one. And then I didn't do another one for a while. She really jumped on it and did a few. She's done New York a few times, Boston a few times. Um, and I continued to run, you know, continued to run at that point. I ran, probably two or three more road marathons and a couple half marathons. And then I got really into trail running and I absolutely fell in love. Um, 
and did a lot of trail halves. And then I moved back here to New Mexico about six years ago and started doing ultras. And it became my absolute favorite distance. Um, and then this last year in April, I did my first 100K, um, which was by far the most challenging thing I've ever done on multiple levels. Um, and perspective is a funny thing because it was way, I overestimated my abilities a little bit and I underestimated how hard the course would be, but pushing through that now everything feels easy in comparison. <laughs> so it was a really, it was a really unique experience for me. You know, it took 19 hours, which I was expecting it to take about 14. Um, and I had a lot of different hurdles along the way that I had never experienced before. I had never had a race where I didn't feel good. I usually always feel really strong and, and kind of towards the top. And I wasn't in this race, and it was a very humbling experience. Um, but it's like still, like I look at it, and it's one of the best things that I did because it really shifted my perspective on some of that um, and gave me a different appreciation and love for it. And, so um, where was this at? Where, this, where? So it was in Zion. Um, so not in the national park, but just outside of it. So it was in Utah. Um, and yeah. So long story short, I actually was severely, severely anemic prior to the race and then ran the race anyway, and then ended up like being even more severely anemic. And it was just, I had never experienced, like, I just had never experienced anything like that. And I was like, why do I feel so horrible? What's wrong? Um, but I was just overtraining and I was tired and I would push through it. And, um, so it was, it was definitely a different, it was a different experience for me, but it was still amazing. Like I, in the, there's something about the misery of that, that gives you a different level of joy after the fact. Um, I'm still really glad I did it. And then I took, I took like close to six weeks off where I like did a few little runs, but I didn't do a whole lot. Um, but, and then I had already signed up for another race. So I kind of took six weeks off after that. And then I jumped into a 50 K in May and I felt wonderful. Like I felt back to normal. And so my body just needed that bit of recovery time, which is a huge lesson I think for everybody is that sometimes, you know, you do need the downtime in order to like get back to where you want to be and what level you want to be at. Um, uh, listen to your body. Yeah. And so it's listen to it's, your body. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Cause um, as a, as a triathlete myself, not as extreme, I haven't done any ultra races, but there's a little, there's a level of craziness that you almost like really push yourself to, mm -hmm. <laughs> to almost to the extreme, right? It's very extreme. And I think that people who love that really love it. And I think they relate to one another on it, you know, and earlier before we got on air, you and I were talking about community and for me, that trail running community has been also like really inspirational and powerful. And every time I go to races, I meet really interesting, cool people that I usually then stay connected with, even if it's just via social media. Um, and you do have to have a certain level of crazy to do that. Um, and when you talk to people who do it, you connect with them right away. And people who don't, they are like, why would you ever do something like that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but you know, as long as you're, like you said, you're listening to your body because sometimes everyone, I don't think it's just, I don't think it's just even the races. It could just be, you know, like any, like really yeah. any kind of workout, whether you're doing CrossFit or whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, um, what, what, what else? I mean, you, so 
like I said, every time I go back, we always do. I know that you just did a, a, a one a hundred and what is it eight sun salutation kind of yoga poses. And like I was saying, every time I go back, we usually kind of connect and you know with some kind of yoga um, workshop. How did you get involved in all of that on top of all of your running? Yeah, so for me, yoga I started doing probably about fifteen years ago um, when I was in California. I just really liked it. It was a really good balance to running. Um, and so then I did a teacher training really just to enhance my own practice. I didn't actually think I would teach all that much. And it just sort of fell into my lap after I did my teacher training to teach at a studio. I was going to teach one day a week. And then within a month, I was kind of running the studio because the guy who was running it left. And so I was managing the studio. It was also a spa. And so I got a lot of experience in California. Um, and I loved it. And then when I moved back to New Mexico, you know, I was kind of trying to find my niche here of teaching. Um, and I worked at a couple different gyms. Um, and then fortunately I got asked to be an ambassador for Lululemon, um, which allowed me to really take off in terms of some teaching stuff. So I started a small, like outdoor based fitness company called urban fit and the idea work out anywhere. I wanted to get to that too, by the way. So maybe you could talk about that later, but, um, definitely. So with Lululemon, you know, they really want this, like, dream big. You know, what are some, like, really big audacious goals that you could have? And so I had done this. So it's a really traditional yoga practice to do 108 sun salutations for the um, spring and fall equinox and the summer and winter solstice. So it's a practice. Can you, uh, can you explain what those are also? So, the, yeah, so it's uh, the sun salutation is, you know, your really traditional sort of Inhale, reach up, exhale, forward fold, jump back to a chaturanga, downward facing, upward facing dog, downward facing dog, right? So it's one breath, one move, and you just go through it. And that's all you do. You don't do any warriors. You don't do anything else. Um, and so you do that 108 times, which 108 has all this different significance to it, all of which I don't know for sure. Um, but like there's 108 mala beads in a mala. There's 108 rosary beads in a rosary. Um, the significance of one is that, you know, we are, we are individuals. Um, the significant zero is that there's, you know, it's all connected, right? There is, there is this community, there is a sense of togetherness. And then eight is also that infinity sign. Um, so generally the way we practice it is we do three rounds of 36. So we do the first 36 to really honor and let go of the past we do the second 36 to be present, like don't think about the past, don't think about the future, just be present. That's usually the most powerful 36. Um, and a lot of times I do that one silent, or at least a few of them silent, you know, will lead some of it. But to get people to just flow with their breath is really powerful. And then we do the last 36 to look forward to the future. Um, so I've done it, I've led it now, gosh, I guess like eight times. I've been doing it for about two years. And we've had, you know, our average group is usually about 30 to 50, but we've had as many as 120 come out and do it. Um, so we did it outdoor at downtown at Civic Plaza. Um, we did it at Isotopes Park one time. This last one that we just did for the summer solstice, we did at a rooftop downtown, like overlooking Albuquerque at sunrise. Um, so it's cool. And the idea how that came about from Urban Fit was that I want, you know, just use the city environment. And like outside is beautiful, especially in the heat of the summer, which it's probably even hotter in Houston, is that 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning is absolutely incredible out. 
Um, and so if you can get people outside and doing that, and a lot of people have come to that event who would never otherwise even do yoga. I mean, my dad comes to it every time. He's probably done it with me 10 times, even before I was teaching it, like really, you know, on a bigger scale, I would teach it to like a group of a few people. And it's the only time, you know, it's the four times a year that my dad does yoga. And he says that it's like one of the most amazing things that he does now trying to get him to do it more regularly. I'm like, so do five sun salutations every morning, you know, and quite gotten on that, but it's, it's very accessible to a lot of people. Um, which is the other part of fitness that I think is important, you know? And so I think a lot more places are doing workouts in the park and I've seen some of your stuff and, you know, sometimes I think people are intimidated walking into a yoga studio or a CrossFit studio. Um, and so it's like, Hey, you can, you know, you can do fitness anywhere. Um, yeah, that, that actually, I, I, I'm so happy that you brought that up because <laughs> one of the really big things about you that, like I said, your postings, you're always doing something outside. Like, yeah. and I always feel like, and then your whole urban fit con, um, concept. I know that there's been a couple of times that I know I haven't been able to make it and I've been trying to, you know, I'll hit you up when I'm in town. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, I want to try to make this, but it just haven't worked out. But I know the real, the concept behind your urban fit thing, and I'll make sure to post, I'll, I'll make sure to tag and post yeah about this on on this um podcasting uh posting so that the listeners could kind of see it hear a little bit of what we're talking about i mean it's it's actually yeah. very simple and basic it's basically like base like like maya was saying like working out outside and i think yeah. for me personally part of part of a healthy lifestyle and what's really important what i think we people don't do enough of these days is be outside, be under the sun. I yep. think we under I think we underestimate the importance of that. I think all of us, not all of us, but a lot of people are indoors, they're in front of computer screens, they're slouched over sitting down. Yep. They don't I, I think we underestimate the importance of getting some sun, getting some vitamin D, being outside in nature, regardless of where it might be. Right. You know, fill, filling the grass, filling the ground. Yeah. And I just love that like I said, every time I look at, you know, some of your postings we were taking when you're after your trail run or race or whatever, it's always in the most beautiful places. And I think when you're in that setting, it's just your mindset is just I just I don't know. I just there's just something it's, it's hard to explain about it. And there's probably not a lot of scientific literature on it. Maybe there is and I haven't seen it, but there's just something about it that I think that it gets devalued. Yeah, I agree completely. And I think that I think when people find that, you know, and it, and you don't even have to be super into being in nature, right? Like some people are really outdoorsy, but the idea of getting that sunshine, like you were talking about, you know, I mean, so one of the workouts that I've done in the past, which I'm not doing right now, cause I'm like working at my other, you know, more real job right now, <laughs> um, is you know, at a parking structure and running stairs and same thing, you know, it's like eight flights of stairs and there's four different corners. And so you can run those stairs and get a crazy workout. And then we've done yoga up on the top floor of that parking structure. And again, it's like this, you wouldn't think of it as being a beautiful setting, but up at the top, you have a killer view of the city and you either see the sunset or you see the sunrise and I think that when people get outside and they do something that puts them out of their comfort zone just a little bit, it doesn't have to be crazy. It just is like something that they wouldn't maybe do otherwise. They have a whole new appreciation for fitness or health or whatever it may be, you know. And so it's like making that accessible. So whether it's the fitness and the healthy eating, you know, you get it out to people and then 
they start to really thrive on it. And I think when people feel a difference in themselves, that's when they're going to stick with it, you know? So it's like if they've never worked out or they've never experienced that being outside, they're probably not going to, you know, they're not going to relate to it. Or same thing goes with eating, you know, and you're really good at, I see all of your, you know, blog posts about nutrition and that kind of uh, stuff. Uh, I'm not going to tell you about what I ate tonight, but <laughs> go ahead. That's all right. But the thing is, is that you still want, you want to bring awareness about it, right? And so aware of it. And so they don't think that they like that, but they've never really tried it. And the more, the more you start to pay attention the more you want to, you know, be able to challenge yourself and push yourself or eat well and do those kind of things. And, and there's balance in all of it. Um, but I think, I think to get more people exposed to it, which is what, you know, you're, you guys are trying to do. And I think, I think more and more people are trying to do that, you know, so I kind of got the idea for Urban Fit. Um, there's a company called the November Project, forget where they were started, but it's the same concept, you know, and it's this, you know, you can work out anywhere. And they recently, I believe, and I, I might misspeak on this, but they're either, they either got Nike or Adidas to sponsor them. And so they have these outdoor workouts, you know, and a lot of them are stair running workouts and they're always at like six o'clock in the morning, you know, and they're in much bigger cities than Albuquerque. Um, but they're, you know, and a lot of those work, I think once they got sponsorship, a lot of those workouts are free also, you know, so I've done it. I've done like the 108 sun salutations we always do as a free event, you know, and then I've done some where there's $5 drop-ins, $10 drop-ins, but you know, you don't have to pay for a crazy gym membership. You don't have to do that. And the November project is like, we just want to get people moving. Like that's the only goal. And really at the end of the day, that's the goal with all of it, you know? And so like I work in a pretty alternative, like physical therapy field as well. And it's like, Hey, the key is to keep moving. You know, and there's, you can keep doing all the things that you want to do, but you got to take care of your body. And if you don't take care of your body at some point, it's not going to cooperate with you the way you want it to. What, what is, what has been some of kind of your biggest challenges with, uh, actually, this is going to be a two part question. Yeah. So what, what has been some of your biggest challenges as someone in the field, trying to get people to just move and, and really, I, I think, I think you it's kind of in your nature to, you know, health, wellness, overall, you were kind of brought up like that. Like you said, you started very young. Yeah. So what, what are some challenges that you see that you've had trying to get other people try to, you know, like from yoga to your physical therapy stuff, like just try to live healthier lives and what kind of it, how do you kind of approach that and helping them? And helping them. So one thing I've noticed in terms of the fitness side of it that helps a lot, like one of the biggest challenges is when I was doing a lot of the workouts, you know, multiple ones a week right now, I just do one or two was that there'd be times when I'd have one person show up and there'd be times when I'd have 20 people show up. So having it where either it's, it's free or relatively or really inexpensive is one way, right? Free workouts, you always get a lot more people, but that's not like sustainable for a business but it works if you, you know, if you get sponsored by Nike, um, the other part is still making it accessible, but making them. So like the yoga class that I teach on Wednesday nights, they pay for eight weeks at a time. So it's still really affordable. You know, it's like 10 to $12 a class, but they have to pay for the eight weeks up front. And I've been doing that for like two years and I've consistently gotten, you know, 10 to 15 people every time. Now, do they make it to all eight weeks? No, not necessarily, but they're, they're, they feel invested in it. 
So the biggest thing is finding some niche, whatever it may be, you know, and I'll send out some recipes or I'll, you know, I'll send out an email to them, but you have to do something that catches people where they feel invested in their own health. And that's, you know, that's a big challenge. Um, because if they're, if they're not invested in it, you can only do so much. Um, and you know, in the, so I work in a, you know, physical therapy clinic and it's all, you know, it's very, it's affordable, but we don't take insurance. And so the people coming in there really want, they're like, you know, a lot of them are athletes, but we also see a lot of like elderly population and people that have had chronic pain for a long time. And it's like, okay, so we're not going to make you come here for 16 weeks. We're going to make you come for two or three visits, but we are going to go over these home exercise program with you over and over and over again. And we're going to tell you that you can come in anytime you want and we will not charge you and we will go through this program with you. And we can almost guarantee like 98% that we will get you better, but you have to be willing to do the work. <laughs> and, you know, for the most part, the people that we have coming in are willing to do the work because they're paying for it, you know? And so you just have to find some way to get people to really, to be invested in their own health. Um, and like I said earlier, I think too, if you, you know, you can catch people in a time where they can feel a difference um, I think CrossFit has done really well with that in building that community and getting people results because if they get results, they're going to like the way they look or the way they feel and they're going to keep going back. Well, I think it's also, I think it's also in the past, you probably, you, you probably agree with this as well. In the past, the perception, the mental perception was you go to some big fitness center, gym, old school, where you're doing bench press and and you're running on a treadmill and you're doing some dumbbell curls, right? And that was like how you worked out, right? At least for general population, not for everyone, but for general population. And I think with, like you are saying about CrossFit, and even, it's not even CrossFit, like you're starting to do activities where not only where it's, it's in a community setting, but it's something different. It changes all the time. And yep. it almost feels like, it almost, it feels more than just a workout, right? And then... And then again, I keep going back to your running. Yeah. Uh, you're, now, personally, I think running that long is, I'm crazy, but I think that you're even crazier yeah, than me is. because but, I wouldn't do that. But, and I also think that it wrecks your body. But yeah. you enjoy, like, you truly, so I enjoy it to a certain extent. Like, I would say when I get past 11 miles, I'm not enjoying the run anymore because it's more hurtful. But <laughs> there are people who, like you, like I feel like it's I would like you don't start you to have it. until mile ten. You you say what? I would say I don't start to enjoy it until like between miles. Yeah, you're, you're exactly. That's my point. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and but but you enjoy. It. But that's the thing is, right. um, and you're super fit, and and you know, and I also think that, like you said, I think there's a lot of runners out there who. They take it – so some people think like, hey, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to run this marathon. Right. And that's not – you know, that's not really why – it's a good start. You know, it's better than not doing anything. Right. But, you know, the, the thing is, is like you have to really enjoy and like – and it's not the healthiest sport either. You do a good balance. Like you said, you're doing your yoga. Yeah. Like, you know, you're balancing stuff out. You're. Right. I'm assuming – what's your eating habits like? They're – Sometimes really good, sometimes not so much. <laughs> and, and good old Albuquerque, New Mexico, to where everything's red and green and so I, 
Um, I don't, I really don't go out to eat very often. Like I enjoy going out to eat, but I just am never like amazed by it. And I really enjoy cooking. Um, so my typical day, I eat like eggs with like a bunch of greens and veggies and stuff for breakfast and some fruit. And I don't drink coffee. Um, I sometimes drink decaf and that's not because I don't think caffeine is like good for you. I just don't like the way my body feels with caffeine. Um, oh, that's interesting. Like, I actually, occasionally- I, I, I actually think it may, like, I was just, I had this thought this morning. I yeah. feel really good when I have my, and I just have it, so I just have it straight black, and I'll put, like, coconut milk in it, and it's always organic coffee. Stay away from the mold, the, the right. regular coffee, but... Um, I, it's funny. I feel like it's like a magic kind of drink. Yeah. But you're and the opposite. A lot of people feel that way. And I just, so I've never been a big coffee drinker. Like I've gone through different phases in my life where I drink it. But for me, it doesn't, well, one, I only like it if it has like a lot of cream and sugar in it. And it's like, then it's mainly sugar, right? Which I eat sugar, but I try to not consume a ton of it. Um, and I don't, it does, it's not like it wakes me up in the morning or makes me feel good. It just makes me like really shaky and jittery and like it just doesn't set well with my stomach and I just have never, yeah. So, um, I usually drink tea or, you know, I mean, again, occasionally I'll have coffee, but if I do, it's usually decaf. Um, and then on days that I work, I don't eat a ton during, throughout the day, which is not great. I know it just is because we're so busy and. So I usually eat, like, I make some, you know, granola bars, and I usually eat, like, nuts and fruit and that kind of stuff. I don't eat, like, a big lunch. You say you make granola bars? I do. I have a couple different recipes for some granola bars, and I buy some, too. I really like the Go Macro ones and the Bob's bars and those RX bars. Those are probably my, like, three favorites. Oh, but yeah, I, those are great. Yeah. Um, a couple different recipes. So, I, you know, I do try and – I don't always do it, but I try and, like, make stuff and have it. Um, and then what would you say your approach is kind of to diet to, you know, your diet habits is eat real. A hundred percent is just eat real food. Um, you know, and so like, yeah, some sugar's fine, you know, whatever. And, you know, when I got really anemic, I had to eat like crazy amounts of red meat, which I had never done in the past, but it actually, I felt way better. And so I have, I've never been vegetarian, but I just have never like eaten a lot of red meat and I haven't eaten a lot of meat in general. And I started, I had to start eating red meat and I noticed that I felt a lot better. I felt stronger. So it's like my body responds really well to that. Um, and so it's really, yeah, I think it's just about eating real food. I think you can get a, you know, a lot of what you need if you eat a good diet, um, it's like I have all these different supplements and I never forget, remember to take them. <laughs> and I've never noticed a huge difference in taking stuff. So I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe it helps. Maybe it doesn't. Um, so you don't take supplements at all? I don't take very many, no. I, I'm taking iron supplements currently because of the anemia. And sometimes I'll take turmeric. And I'll sometimes take like a fish oil or like an omega three. I have that Barleen's like joint remedy thing I like a lot. Um, but I take them regularly because I just always forget, and I'm really bad about taking them. It, it's it's funny to me because, um, you know, I obviously I was I lived in Albuquerque, so you know, with you, so I always think of Albuquerque as holistic, kind of like herbal, like. You know, there's a huge Ayurvedic Institute here, you know, and so 
there's a lot of different stuff and it, you know, I, I've looked into all of it cause I find it interesting just from, you know, the, the knowledge base of it is like, okay, what do these things do? But I just have never, I'm just not very good about taking them. So I never take anything really regularly unless I really have to like with iron. I was like, okay, I have to do this or I'm not going to get better. This is probably <laughs> going to be, all of this is going to be a shock to all the listeners who aren't from Albuquerque because they're going to be like, wait, what? Isn't that like where all the Walter, that's where Walter White lives from Breaking Brad? Like what? You got, like they run there, like they work out. There's more, there's more than crime in Albuquerque. No, Breaking Bad gave Albuquerque a really bad rap. And there are parts of Albuquerque that maybe are like that. But there's also the Sandia Mountains and, the, and Santa Fe and the Pecos and like the most incredible outdoor stuff. And the beauty of it is that there's not very many people out on the outdoor stuff. Whereas, you know, when you go to Colorado, which is also beautiful, you know, in California, there's so many more people. Um, and so the outdoor stuff in New Mexico is absolutely amazing. And there's a lot of people that do, you know, trail runs and there's a lot of cyclists and people that do triathlons. Um, and it's like, anyway, there's two sides. Um, yeah, this weekend we're actually running from Tejeras to Placidas. So it's like 29 miles up and over the mountain, which I've has been on my bucket list of things to do for a really long time. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and there aren't many, many places in like the world where you could do a run like that. Yeah. And then side note too, they have some amazing like hot springs in all of New Mexico. I went to one particular one. I forgot what it's called. It's, it's outside of Taos or it's a little bit close to Taos. Yes, um, I haven't that one yet, but I've also heard of that. <laughs> amazing hot springs. I mean, it's it really is. I really miss the I really miss the beauty and the nature of New Mexico, and I think it gets a a bad rap partly because yeah. of Breaking Bad, and you know, um, I, I think that you know the economy has not always been the best. Right, but it's the, still- like, it's, it's just beautiful there, and just the chance to go out and just you know kind of connect and be mindful. And, and just, like you said, like, it's not that you have to be super duper into nature, like a hippie or anything, but that really does make a difference. Just kind of being outside and hanging out in beautiful settings. Just to have the, the accessibility and the opportunity to do those kind of things, you know? And I mean, it's hot in the summer, but like summer nights are perfect, you know, and mornings are perfect. And I really enjoy having like four seasons you know, California is kind of the same temperature all the time. And so I had missed having seasons, um, which is really... Maya, Maya, you do not know what hot is. I'm telling you right now. I mean, I just... If I, I told you about my workouts this past week... I don't think I could... <laughs> I really don't think I could do it. <laughs> that, I mean, it, you, uh, I, it's it's on a whole other level. I mean, I'm, I'm finishing workouts on Monday, and I'm, I literally look like I just jumped out of the pool with all my workout clothes i mean i'm just i believe trying, so. i totally it's crazy but no no the the um dry weather it's great there yeah. so the outdoor scene it's awesome and mexico and it's, kind of, it's a great place i actually really really love it with kind of all that you're doing like yoga training like you're doing races um what are some of the biggest things that you've learned or what has all of that stuff taught you let me ask it that type of way So, um, it's taught me humility for sure. Um, it's taught me to really try and live a little bit more in the moment, which I think is hard for all of us to do. 
Um, and we're always kind of thinking about what's next, you know, when we're busy with lives and all that kind of stuff. And so both yoga and running have done that a lot. People often ask, what do you think about when you run for 19 hours? And often I answer nothing. I mean, I, obviously there's thoughts going in my head and sometimes it's, you know, I'm thinking about how much I want to die right now. And sometimes I'm thinking about like how much fun I'm having and how I'm like thoroughly enjoying it. And a lot of times it really is just this like peaceful space. So I think it's taught me a little bit to sort of be patient and trust the process of it um, and not try and control everything that's going on, right? Like what we can really control in our lives is how we react to situations and how we perceive things. We can barely control all the stuff going on around us. So I think a combination of, you know, yoga and running and just sort of what I've, you know, the life that I've had has taught me those things. Um, and I think those are really important traits and to like really try and enjoy kind of what's in front of you and take advantage of that, you know, regardless of whether it's exactly where you want to be or not, or whether you're having a good race day or not, you know, um, that, you know, at the end of the day, like we're all pretty fortunate, you know, and I feel very blessed to be able to live the life that I live and do the things that I want to do. Um, you know, and having trained for different stuff and you can attest to this, you know, your mind is really, really powerful. So whatever it is that you're going through, whether that it's a personal thing or a work thing, or whether it's in training, if you are struggling and you really set your mind to it, you can do pretty much anything, you know? And so you can really take those things that I think you learn sometimes in those endurance sports, just because you have so many hours in training and doing all this stuff, you know, but if you can translate those into your daily life, hopefully you won't be as stressed out about the small stuff <laughs> and you can wrap your mind around whatever's going on and really try and see, you know, how do you want to perceive it? How do you want to react to it? Cause how you react to it is only going to affect you. It's not really affecting the people around you. And so if you can, you know, take that approach, I think it, it just makes a world of difference. What would you tell someone who did want to start getting into endurance sports a marathon, maybe they want to get started in yoga. How would you kind of help them get started? So with running, I tell people a lot, like, what's your baseline? So say their baseline is zero miles, like they've never run before. Okay, so for the first week, like you're going to run a mile and you might do it, you know, you might just do it once that week. You might run one mile for, you know, one day in one week. Um, and then with each week, you add a mile, you know, so maybe your baseline is five miles next, you know, for the whole week. And so with each week kind of add on a mile. Um, and before you know it, you'll be at 10, you'll be at 15, you'll be at 20. Um, and finding people that can push you and inspire you, you know, you talked about that in the very beginning, my really good friend, um, Miranda, who I kind of started running with when I came back here, she had never been a big runner. She had done some 10 K's like in the past and really 5 K had been really her race. And then she just ran her first 50 K in May and she signed up for another one for the fall. And so she was like, I never in a million years thought that I would ever run more than six miles, you know, but you just, if, if you set your mind to it and you want to do it, you know, and so finding people to train with helps a lot. And then literally just like add one mile a week because that becomes very attainable. Um, and don't think about it in, oh my gosh, I have to run 26 miles. Like this week, all you have to do is run one mile. And so I think if you add a mile a week, it's a really, it's a really approachable way to do it. Um, and with yoga, just in case you get 
Just increase, yeah, increase each week. Um, and then with yoga, there's so much yoga out there right now, which is so awesome. And again, it's becoming more and more accessible. So if you're intimidated by it, there are like so many really, really good, like free videos that you can get online, even on Instagram, like you can follow different yoga people and there's different programs and whether it's, you just want to get into yoga or you want to be able to do like handstands and all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, there also, it's a huge thing in Albuquerque. I don't know if it is in Houston, but like every, almost every day and especially on the weekends, there's yoga at like all the breweries and the wineries and all the different places. And it's very different. It's like this fun environment and people that again, wouldn't maybe normally go to yoga are going out and they're taking classes and then they can hang out with their friends afterwards and have brunch or have beers if you want. Um, Lululemon always has yoga on Sundays, at least in Albuquerque. I think the different stores around the country have it at different times, but those, and a lot of those are all free events. Um, which is really nice. So again, it's that like find, you know, find somewhere where it's comfortable for you and try different things. Like try a bunch of different classes to know what you like, you know, try CrossFit stuff, try yoga stuff, try running, you know, try cycling. Cause like we said earlier, like you got to find something that you really enjoy doing in order to stick with it. Yep. I love it. It's, oh. it that's it. That's uh, that's absolutely true. Otherwise, it's you're gonna be dreading it every time you go out. You're gonna be like, oh, I don't want to be here. Just do something. Just be active. Just be just, out. I would, I just say just be out. Like go have fun. Be on the playground. Yeah. Pull <laughs> the hoop. Go dance. Go to the playground. Yeah. Any yeah. number of those things. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, Maya, thank you so much. Actually, so it was you, my you. You, when you were a senior, and I just got into cross country, yeah. And Coach Martin super pushed me because I know he was pushing you. Yep. I don't know if you talk to him anymore. Oh, I still <laughs> kind of regularly. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, he was great, and and Joaquin, you remember Joaquin? Yeah, I do. I actually, well, I, I up in Joaquin just moved. He was back in New Mexico, and he and I had run together a couple times. I saw him at quite a few races um, over the last like five years since I've lived back here. Um, and he just got married and moved somewhere in the Midwest because his wife has a residency there, but he's still running like crazy and like super fast. Yeah. Oh yeah. So he, I, I was never, uh, it was just, I, it was always, um, something to push for. I mean, cause you were always on the top, like three or whatever, um, on the team all the time. And then, you know, Joaquin was like, I mean, he ran in college, I know, for one year or a couple yeah. years. Maybe it was all his years. I don't remember. But I know he, he was just super up there. So it, it was always um, – I love what you said about I, – because I didn't think about that, um, being with people who kind of are better than you and motivate you to do, to do better. That was what helped me. So it was you, Coach Martin, obviously, because Coach Martin was awesome, and yeah. then, uh, Joaquin. Well, good. I'm glad I was a part of that. And it those were, those were some fun years. You know, they were a lot of fun. Um, and it really, yeah, I mean, that was the start of, you know, distance running for me. And then it just sort of flourished and took off from there. And it's, you know, it's gone in waves and now it's probably, I mean, I, I was saying this to my friend this morning when we were running, like I'm 35 right now and I feel way stronger than I have ever been in my life. Um, so that's also like really refreshing, (laughs) you know, it's, it's a good feeling, um, we're growing young. I feel, I felt the same way. I mean, I'm, I'm getting back into things, but I, you know, when I was starting to get into 
like you said, like just mixing it up, like CrossFit, I was doing all this stuff and I was doing triathlons. Right. You, know, you start to feel better than you did before. And that's the yeah. end goal, right? You want to try to feel as good as long as possible. <laughs> keep feeling good and keep moving. Yeah. The idea is just keep moving, stay active and have fun with it. <laughs> Absolutely. Maya, where can people, uh, one more time, where can people follow you on yeah. social media and, and your, uh, your Urban Fit project, all of that stuff? Instagram is just Maya Cody, um, M-A-Y-A-C-O-A-D-Y. And then on Facebook, um, it's Maya Ramsey. Cody's my middle name. Um, so Maya Ramsey and then Urban Fit. And it's urban, so U-R-B-A-N and then F-Y-T, not F-I-T. Um, Thank you so much. I hope everyone, uh, make sure to give her a follow. I'll put some of those, I'll, I'll put those um, ats on, on some of the notes and I'll put it on the social media posting once this goes up. But um thank you so much thank you so much for talking to me Maya you are welcome absolutely and I'll see you next time you're in New Mexico oh yeah we'll we'll connect when we're, when we're back in Albuquerque okay sounds good have a wonderful evening thank you